cold. I like to keep it hot. I don't care much for cooking. I like to eat a lot. Scares me when she's driving. And that always causes a fight. I like to fuck in the morning. Oh, those things you do. You're a big fat Gentile. And you're a dirty Jew. <laughs> Sometimes you are wrong. Sometimes you're not right. I like to eat puss in the morning. And I suck dick at night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perfect Ten Podcast. And now your hosts, Ralph May and Lana Turner. Hey guys, I'm Ralphie May. And I'm Lana Turner. And we are the Perfect Ten Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah. Um, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Hope it was good. Yeah, guys. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Was we it- had a house full of kids. Right. We made a kid once on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was awesome. Let's talk about that. This Thanksgiving was, uh, well, we had a house full of kids and it was Yeah, uh, it was fun. lame by comparison. Six years ago, we had a Thanksgiving oh. that was too, like... I mean, a monumental. Hey, hey. Yeah, we had a lot of people over, and we did mushrooms, and we got pregnant. Yeah, that's how it happened. Tons of drugs. We uh, that we smoked a pound of weed, and we did uh, two ounces of mushrooms. I wasn't supposed to even be here. I surprised you. I know that was awesome. Yeah, that was great. You you talking the whole way up the hill? Yep, I was in a car, and you had no idea I was going to show up. And I got here, and you knocked me up. We yep. had April. Yep, and we were all doing shrooms, and mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. And you did the Tonight Show the next day. Yeah. That's yeah. why I flew and, in to see and, you. And that was hilarious. I did that Tonight Show, and uh, the Tonight Show tapes 365 days a year. When they, oh, well, well no, not with the weekends. Well, 52 weeks, 52 weeks a year it tapes whenever it's on, whatever, like 48 weeks, whatever it's on. It tapes... Uh, Every day that it's on, it tapes at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, except for the day after Thanksgiving, it tapes at noon. Right, and we had no idea, and everyone was so hungover, and you had to hungover, go over Hungover, okay, and, and uh, uh, stoned. That still limo showed up. up, and I was like, what? And Still I to- fucked up, okay, still <laughs> fucked up, okay, uh, on shrooms, still fucking tripping balls. Yeah. All right. And, and that sperm uh, was in penetrating that egg right oh, then yeah, and there. My, my sperms were <laughs> fucking up that egg, okay, and uh, I was still covered in Oh, right. and, uh, God. Oh, it was good. It was good. That's a gross gave description. Me power. Power. <laughs> All right. And, um, Covered in giant. Uh, yeah. And uh. I had to get cleaned up, fa- take a fast shower because the car was there. Yeah, the car was waiting for us. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Holy we got to go. We were all what? still I'm like, what? That car was supposed to be here for another five hours. Okay. I hadn't even eaten. All right. And I had to th- throw some food in my gullet. All right, and came down here and had like a turkey sandwich, okay, to go. All right, because it was turkey dinner left over, and um, 
I, I uh, stepped over people because people were passed out on the floor. All right. Oh, my God. Remember, we had like 30 gay guys come over. OK, we had there was a lot of gay guys, a lot of gay dudes. Yeah, we had we had comics out the ass here. Yeah. We had Mexicans. We had blacks. We had we had, we had <laughs> it was it was crazy. We had we had every we had every demo here. It was amazing. It was a great Thanksgiving. Epic epic it was epic yeah joey coco diaz ate an eighth of mushrooms smoked half an ounce of weed himself that people night, were vomiting yeah yeah oh my god you remember monty oh my god that was awesome monte carlo who's now on the radio in phoenix okay and uh, was billy wayne's wife okay and was a finalist billy on wayne master davis chef. Yeah, yeah she's a finalist on master chef ate too many mushrooms and hurled all night long into into the uh into the toilet okay and she was such a violent vomiter oh my god the house was echoing with <laughs> it was so funny okay which every time she'd vomit everybody in the house would <laughs> it was so much fun okay oh. and, and um uh, we we were stepping over everybody, okay, and everybody was like, oh, okay, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll get the car. <laughs> everybody was getting in the car, okay. All right, everybody climbed in, okay, and I was gonna do uh, the uh, um, cuba diving bit, okay, on the Tonight Show, all right. And um, this was five days after Michael Richards went crazy with the nigger rant at uh, the Laugh Factory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of racial tension in comedy. <laughs> yeah, let's not do the cuba diving bit yeah, right now about black yeah. hairdos. Maybe, yeah. maybe we back off of that. Yeah, but I didn't have anything <laughs> else to do. That was what the approved set was. I had to do it, okay? And Kevin Eubanks was there, and everybody was like, are you sure you're going to do that? And I'm like, I got nothing else. I got nothing else ready to go, okay? And they were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And they tried to edit the bit as in there. And I told, um, I told, uh, um, Bob, is it Bob and Ross? Bob and Ross. Okay. So, a sweet guy. They're the guys man. that book the Tonight oh Show. Oh my God. Bob and Ross are so sweet. Their jobs man. depend on you not being an asshole yeah, on the air. Yeah. 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 And I told him, I go, fellas, I'm still fucked up on mushrooms. And they're like, no. Well, the last time and, and you I, did it, you had meningitis, spinal meningitis. So they're, they're like, yeah, this is not a good thing. <laughs> I know. And I told them straight up, I go, I am fucked up on mushrooms. And they're like, no, you're not. I go, yes, I am. And they're like, oh, my God, Ralphie. All right, you have to edit edit out the the black hair dudes. And I go, I can't. That's an integral part of the bit. They're like, no, you have to. The With the uh, Michael Richards thing. I'm like, I'm not Michael Richards. This joke is hilarious. <laughs> All right, no, no, you have to. I, well, I'm not going to. All right, well, okay. Well. There's a big difference between you doing racially sensitive humor and Michael J and Michael Richards just being a racist. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's I know, like there's, it's like night and day. You can't compare the two. I know. Things, I know. You know, and there's a big difference between you because Michael Richards is a very funny comedic actor. 
not a stand-up comic. No, he no had no business, business being on stage. No business, so, no business. you know, the comparison is ridiculous. So I go up and uh, I go up and do do it all, okay? And I'm looking at Kevin Eubanks and he's like, mm, you know, <laughs> mm, okay, he's like, uh, no, like that. Like he's giving me the stink eye, right? And I'm still doing it. All right? And people are laughing, but it's real nervous. Like all the white people, before they laugh, they're looking at black people making it's okay to laugh. And the black people are laughing, but they're making it like, like they don't want the white people to see him laughing. All right? And they're laughing like that. And then uh, Jay has a black guy as a, a guest and they're not laughing. So people are looking nervous and Jay's not wanting to laugh like that. And then Kevin starts to laugh a little bit. People start laughing a little bit. All right. And I'm getting them. Okay. And I get them with the watermelon bubble gum. All right. And, and I'm out. Okay. And I, I do real good. Okay. And I come over there and during the break, I tell Jay, I go, Jay, I'm still fucked up on mushrooms. Make it easy. Make this conversation easy. He goes, you're what? I go, I'm fucked up on mushrooms. This car wasn't supposed to come get me for another five hours. I'm still fucked up from last night. You what? I go, man, hey, I'm telling you the truth, Jay. I wouldn't lie to you. I'm still fucked up on mushrooms. Okay, all right, we're going to be back in 30 minutes. These are softball questions, okay? All right, hit me, daddy. All right. 30 seconds. 30 seconds, okay. That's probably what it felt like. Yeah, right, TikTok. This is great. Look at my hand in this light. (laughs) All right. And uh, the questions came back, and they were softball and knocked them out of the park, and we had a great time. And um, but Jay thought I was hilarious that I was fucked up on mushrooms, and I told him. Oh, this is a fun time. You know, I I've only done mushrooms twice. Once in college at a concert, and the night I got pregnant with April, which is hilarious. And on a Thanksgiving, that was a great Thanksgiving in general. Thanksgiving kind of blows. Yeah, it really we gotta does. do more of those fun ones. Or yeah, let's next, just leave the country. That's what next I said. Time. Next time, let's go because you know th- yeah. that that and not for nothing. I know people out there really love the Thanksgiving Day feast, and I put quotes around feast. But the truth is, is you don't ever want to eat that food any other time of the year because it's gross. Yeah, who makes that? Gross fucking uh, green bean casserole any other time of Ooh, the year. Or cranberry sauce, like on top of turkey meat, on yeah, top of go stuffing. Fuck yourself. It's Nobody wants that any other time of the year. Yeah, you don't you don't go to a restaurant that just serves Thanksgiving dinner every night of, yeah. the, of the year because nobody wants to eat that shit. You go out for Thai food, you go out for Indian yeah, food. Yeah, right. And you don't even go to other parts of the world, like because, you know, we like an ethnic restaurant. You don't go to, like, to, you know, Taiwan and go to a place and go, you know what I really want is Thanksgiving food and it's exotic. Yeah. No, they're they're over there like fuck that that's gross they think that's gross there too oh you're gonna have soggy bread (laughs) soggy fucking bread and and uh mushroom soup and and green beans the foundation of the holiday is fucked too because they're thanking really it's thanks thank you indians for saving our weak pathetic white asses who sailed across our lily white fucking scurvy ridden weak crackers sick people who got over here and the indians helped save their lives and then what do we do we fuck them up. Yeah, we fuck so those Indians So thank you, up. Indians. And now we're going to celebrate every yeah, year. Yeah, here's some whiskey. Get alcoholism in your life. <laughs> yeah, here's a blanket in the ditch. Well, and then also every year it's just a it's a turkey holocaust. All those turkeys. <laughs> they, I don't mind that, man. Turkeys are delicious. Oh, I love so turkeys many by just, themselves. They're so good. Every year those turkeys aren't saying Thanksgiving at this time of fuck year. Fuck them. They can't talk. Those sandwiches are delicious. I love turkey sandwiches. Oh, that's so sad, especially after last night, man. That really affected me. I know, right? Right? The, the, let's talk a little bit about what we did because it was um, – we, we went um, 
and volunteered our time at a benefit called uh, for an organization called LCA, Last Chance for Animals. And yeah. it actually changed me and the way I, th- I think about things. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't wear my fur coat. And you know what? Uh, I love my fur coat. It is ostentatious. I made a lot of money, and um, I've worked a long time to uh, get something like that, and I think it's amazing. You know, my father, was uh, he uh, was in charge of a, a mink company. Uh, and uh, he uh, he made mink coats, and he was a uh, he got death threats from PETA and probably this company too, and he was on their watch list. He was like he had to have security. Well, you know, Ralph, like okay, so Ralphie and I are an amazing partnership. We've been together for fourteen years. We love each other, and it just all works. But we differ a lot on things, yeah, greatly because I'm not going to tell somebody you can or can't do something. I mean. It's his life, and he wants to... I mean, that's a lot of fucking animals that have to die to cover your fat ass. Let's be real. I mean, that's that sucks for those animals, and I wasn't it's for it. It's kind of hostile, the way you said that. Yeah, but. well, I didn't like the fur coat. But I, I, I have to respect who you are and what you want to do. But for me personally, it wasn't something that I would want to do. So, you know, um, we differ. We differ greatly, yeah. but it works for whatever reason. And so... You're a little bit country, <laughs> a little bit rock and roll. Is that how that works? Well, I guess so. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I do know that, that when I take my fur coat off, you sure do like to cozy up to it. No, I don't. Really? At the movies, you, you enjoy well, it? Well, it's freezing at the movies. Yeah, but you really did enjoy my fur coat when it was cold. Was the only thing I had to keep warm in the theater. I'm just saying you. Well, okay, it. all right. At the if if I'm freezing my balls off, I will put on something that's warm and nearby. But it's okay. not. It's already dead. You already purchased it and killed the animals. I can't I didn't change kill that. The animals, yes, you did. I didn't kill them. No, by buying something that is already. The, yes, you did. I That's didn't what kill it them. Is. What the fuck they did might, I do to them? They might not have ever lived had it not been for the coat, but they also wouldn't have died had it not been for the coat. So yeah, if you didn't buy it, nobody would have. That's exactly what it is. When you're a consumer and you go ahead and and consume, then they, then people are going to continue to do what the, the practices to create that item. So yeah. You are... I didn't kill him. Yeah. I didn't kill him. No, you, you did. I didn't kill him. Well, if you if you weren't consuming it, it wouldn't have existed. So you're saying that if I hadn't bought that coat, none of those animals would have been killed? Yes. You're crazy. No, I'm not. You're crazy. If nobody buys it, then they won't make it. And then those okay, animals Okay, if nobody won't... buys them, they won't do it, okay? But somebody would have bought it, so they would have been consumed. No, you bought it, so they were consumed. Okay, no, it's not that specific. They don't do one piece, so they order them up, okay? It would they do, decline. They do, they, they do a majority, they do a ton of them, uh-huh. and it's purchased in a lot, uh-huh. okay? And then that lot is bought, okay? and Of thousands of dead animals. Yes, yeah, so right. That have been animals. stripped of their skin and then sewn together into this large piece of fabric. Right. Right, and then they make it into coats. Yes, and, and people buy those and, and coats because the demand that is set the price. Right. And the demand is high, then the price is high, and if the demand is low, then the price is low. But if nobody's buying it, the demand goes away, and then you those know, animals the don't get is killed. Low and people still buy it. Mm, they're, they're not gonna. The demand no. is out there. If if nobody's eating the particular burger, the business goes away, and the the, uh, the person goes out of business, and then there's no more there's but no more consumers. People still buy the meat. No, there's no more consumer for the product. Whatever it is, burger was a bad okay. example. Okay, but 
if you're what I'm saying is is that is that you know because I bought it, I didn't kill the animal. You did. I contributed to it. Okay. Yes. Yes. But but I'm your hands are bloody. With the animal. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. The self-righteous in here is unbelievable. It's not self-righteous. It's fact. Well, what if you bought it secondhand? Like from a yard sale or something or from or got it handed down to you from yeah. somebody? That's a lot better. At least you're not producing new new dead animals over and over again and, and contributing to the industry. All right. So, but here's the thing. You are a wonderfully talented, funny, successful, admired person wearing a fur coat. So in in, in a respect, you're like, or in, in some way, you're um, encouraging people and saying it's okay. So then somebody else is going to be like, well, I want that same thing. And then they'll just, it'll, it's more perpetuating. Like a lot of celebrities won't be seen in fur because they don't want to contribute to the fur industry. And so, you know. I like fur. Right. I, I, I think that uh, fur is the original thing that we should be wearing. Well, it's undeniably beautiful. It really is a beautiful thing because on the animal, it's beautiful. I it's think it's better for the earth than um, than we wearing all these synthetic uh, clothes that use mm -hmm. uh, petroleum uh, to be made. And I think it's much better for the earth than that. And um, longer wearing and used properly, they're, they're warmer. And they can be handed down and less wear, and uh, they're much better on the earth. Well, just answer me. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think okay. you're totally right. But like when you have, like, like a chinchilla, and all they do is kill it and strip its skin off. Like, isn't that a horrible thing? Like, I my well, mind, no, they use the whole animal. No, the, they the, don't. The always. rest of the animal is is used in, in animal feed. It goes to feed dogs and cats. I don't know about that, Rafi. A lot of it those does. animals are not used. Well, then, then those those farmers are being stupid and wasteful. What is the animal that's on your fur coat? What is that? That is, um, uh, oh, I just had it in my head, and I can't remember. Um, porcupine. Porcupine. <laughs> Danny says porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, okay, uh, my coat is angora, which is a rabbit. Uh, from Turkey, and uh, it is a long-haired rabbit that uh, is obviously bred for its fur. And yeah, that that thing. I'm sure the that, rabbit is consumed. Ralphie just pulled up a picture of what an angora looks like, and it's it's born to be furry. <laughs> okay, it, it's a very furry thing. It's a gay Muslim rabbit. It's a <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of gay Muslim rabbits, <laughs> I know that, that what you heard at the top. Um, the reason we went from uh, uh, the call to prayer uh, from uh, <laughs> from a minaret of a mosque to uh, uh, the uh, techno music was because we've got uh, we've got a bona fide gay Arab uh, talking about bona fide. Gay Arabs or Arab or gayness, Arabness. Yeah, Muslim. gay Muslims. Yeah, it's, and being a which, gay Muslim and growing up gay Muslim. You know, and incredible balls to come out and talk about it too. I mean, yeah, man. Uh, I I just I think it is so courageous and he's talking so about gay awesome. Islam. Yeah. Anyway, uh, listen up. I think you'll love it. All right, and uh, definitely it's something food for thought. Uh, gay Islam. There you go. very special guest with us today on the Perfect Ten podcast, a lovely person who is an Arab 
who is Muslim and who is also gay, living here in America, and is willing to share some of his stories with us. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just calling to speak out for the 80% of uh, Muslim men okay. that need to come out of the closet. And I have a few clues on to how to do it, okay? Okay. Number one, move to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, um, just be yourself, okay? And then we can help you come out by probably redesigning the outfit just a little bit to enhance the, the, the Arabic costume, okay? Yeah? What All are you right. going to do? All right, so, you know, I have one to demo. I have one for demo right here in front of you. It's white, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. All right. If you notice, you have to pick up the, you have to pick up the top or the shdasha. So instead of that, we're going to add a zipper to the back for easy access. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, the... What is it called on the, that you were? The turban. The you turban. Can use it, you can use it as a belt. You can use it to tie someone to uh, a bed or tie someone's legs or do whatever <laughs> you want to do. We'll do that for a Scarf. Essence. Scarf. There you go. Yeah. A napkin to clean the mouth. A, a napkin. Wipe the mouth. And, and I, I don't get it. I don't know why you guys are still in the closet. You know you've been doing it since <laughs> oh, junior no. high. So you don't have to come out to your family. That's never going to happen. Let me help you. It's never going to happen, ever. Yeah, tell later. us a little bit about the, the re yeah. rewriting the Quran as far as... I think it's kind of hot. <laughs> the prayer? <laughs> yeah. How many times do you think that, that if, if it was your, a, gay, a gay gay world, how many times would you 69 pray? 69 times. 69. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? I mean, like, what was your first gay experience like in... Uh, in the Arab world? Oh, it was with an imam. Whoa. Yes, with an imam. I was in junior high school. Wow. And uh, nothing happened. Explain imam, just in case people oh, don't know. Imam is equal to priest. So For you, my Christian brothers, you right. know, you can relate to this. Muslims priest. and Catholics have so much in common. Oh, yeah, they're all uh, <laughs> closets. <laughs> So what, what, uh, what happened, and what, where did it happen? He touched me in places that he shouldn't have. Oh, yeah? And I went and addressed it to my uh, folks, and they didn't believe me. They thought I was just That's trying horrible. to. Yeah. So, so that was the first one, the mm -hmm. first experience. So of the, of the men that you've been with over the years after that first college experience, were there a lot of other Muslims that you had... Never. With? No, never after that first one. Never. So after that, it was uh, United Colors of Benetton, whatever. It yeah. didn't matter. Yeah, whatever. After that. Yeah. Interesting. I went by alphabet. Alphabet. <laughs> but you're back at the A's with Asians yes. now. <laughs> you have something to say? <laughs> Partner, Mr. T. <laughs> Any comments? I love him. He's very special. What do you do after you run a falafel shop? <laughs> <laughs> You're cooking balls all day long. That's right. <laughs> and cutting a shawarma. What? That's, That's right. a lot of meat. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just uh, I wanted to come out and address. I hope I'm not the only Arab that's going to come out and address that very serious issue. I know we can laugh about it, but it is a very serious issue. There's a lot of us out there in the closet. I'm in my uh, late 40s, and I'm still in closet to my family. I'm open to my friends. Um, 
It's very and hard it's for shame. you, too. It's a it's shame, hard. yeah. It's what a shame. What, hap- what do you think would happen if you came out to your family? Oh, gosh. Um, first of all, they would probably think I lost my mind. And second, I would have to move and hide. I have to be under some... Uh, 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 protection program because your family is well. They, they were very. They're, they're still very powerful. They are. Does it matter though? Powerful. I mean, this is like. That makes it worst. If if the family are powerful, that means they have money. They have resources. They have politicians. They and they would work. kill you. Yes, and I've heard. It's like an stories. honor killing, right? There is a story that I uh, read about Kuwait where. An influential man sent his son to study here. He heard about his son being gay in this country. So they asked their son and his boyfriend, they flew him back to Kuwait. And while in in Kuwait, uh, they went for a helicopter ride and the helicopter blew up all of a sudden for some technical difficulties, I guess. So stories like that, of course, if you believe that the helicopter was an accident, then you must be stupid because it's not an accident. It happens every day. Um, Except we hear more about uh, uh, parents killing their daughter for not obeying their, uh, you know, the Muslim laws, but you don't really hear about the son. It's a very hypocritical society. The sons can do whatever they want, as long as they don't come out. You can do whatever. In my case, I think they moved me out of the country because they had a feeling. That's why they told me, go, don't ever come back. And so I did. And now when it's too late, they tell me to come back, and uh, I've been here for too long. I'm an American. Right. Golly. So, like, even though maybe in their heart that they know and they love you, I mean, how can you not love your son? But there's just this conflict. Like, yeah. the, the pressure must be so it's tremendous from the struggle. religion. It is. It is. I think this, the religion is so hypocritical. Um, other religions have progressed, like uh, Christianity and Judaism. And I'm not here, of course. So. <laughs> I'm from the South. Uh, Slow down on that Christianity <laughs> shit, okay? Oh, my God. And it, yeah. de- it depends on <laughs> which... It back. You know, yes. back. It depends on which Jewish family you're talking about. I mean, it, 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 I, being Jewish, I, I think it's, you know, it depends. It's true. Always and within each situation. Speak, but, you know, it, with Christianity, for example, from what I know you, and... And studied a little. You can, you know, you can go still to find love, and they're yes. not going to kill you and blow you up in a helicopter, right, Ralphie? Yes. I mean, that's a whole different. Are there? Is there anyone who lives openly gay in the Middle East in any part of the Middle East? Uh, maybe little in Lebanon, and like Turkey, right? Uh, well, Israel, you can Turkey obviously a Israel's bit. In, Israel. Yeah, Israel's cool. Israel is uh, Israel is probably the only country in the Middle East that you can live as a. Openly gay. So, I mean, I guess if you were to dress in drag in the Middle East, all you'd see is the guy's eyes anyways. <laughs> it doesn't oh matter. <laughs> Can't tell. <laughs> yeah, you, you know he's gay. He's the one with two eyebrows. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the next meeting, we'll, 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 we'll try to uh, touch that subject and other subjects that are, uh, I think, very interesting. Um, but it made me feel better just to come out and talk about this because it's, it's, somebody has to start somewhere. 
I think, you know, everybody's so scared and they run away from issues that deal with, you know, Muslim issues. Just, it's terrifying because you think, oh my gosh, they're going to be so angry. You just mentioned Muhammad in any context and people go crazy. Yeah, but no. the problem is, is that people need to talk more, not less. And I think you're very brave. Yeah, of course you have to be. I mean, I don't understand. I don't want to offend anyone and don't want to offend Muhammad, Jesus, or Moses, but... You know, I love this country. You can watch South Park or you can watch The Simpsons and they make fun of Jesus and I think it's hilarious. And I wish other countries can just uh, learn a little bit. I want you to g give us um, a bunch of uh, phrases. Yeah. Okay, all right. Tell hastizi. Okay. What does that mean? Kiss my ass or lick my ass. Okay, what's another one? Um, you ask me one and I'll tell you. How is that? Okay, uh, suck my dick. Must Irie. Uh, I can't believe you paused on that one. Okay. Uh, uh. I'll tell you why I paused. There are many ways of doing it. I happen to speak all the Arab dialogues. Okay. Well, g g give us different phrases for okay. it. I mean, so, so say yeah. I'm in Egypt. Uh, uh, in Egypt, I have to think about that one. I've never done it in uh, Egyptian style. Let's see. Um, what is that? Is that Pharaoh style? Yeah. <laughs> Egypt is another country that I really like, by the way. Yeah. Other than uh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, those uh, countries. Egypt is uh, more progressive than others. Well, it uh, was. Well, until recently. I, I haven't been there in many, many years, so I don't know uh, what's happening. But uh, I tell you from... We, we probably watch the same thing on television, and it's, it's, it's extremely scary for Muslims and for others. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You are welcome. You're I'm awesome. forward to doing this again soon. I love you. Okay, love you too. Baby, I was born this way. Hey. This whole episode in a roundabout way has been about badasses. You know, it's been about uh, badasses and the uh, uh, animal rights activists that, that go out and, uh, and fight for causes, okay? And uh, whether you believe in them or not, they're badasses and putting their life on the line. And then um, we talked about a guy who, uh, against his religion, against the whole way of life, is trying to be himself, okay? And uh, is fighting for those out there who are out there. That's badass. And then we talked to uh, uh, a cast member of, uh, on this next piece, uh, the cast member of what was just named by Entertainment Weekly as the baddest show on television, Sons of Anarchy, our good friend, uh, Michael Ornstein. Baddest is in the baddest, goodest way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what they meant. Yeah. yeah, no, it's an awesome show. I've only gotten to see a little bit of it, and um, yeah. Sons that of Anarchy. sucks, but I see Michael like almost every day. Yeah. So he lives just down the street, and our kids play together, and he's a badass in life and a badass on the show. Yeah, yeah, Chucky is hilarious. Uh, he's, he's such a, a great comic relief on a very ultra-serious show. Um, but, you know, the, the show in itself has a lot of comic relief, but Chucky is, is great in, in, as comic relief. He's uh, the guy who had his 
fingers cut off? Yeah, Chucky had his fingers cut off. He was a bookkeeper for a Chinese mob uh, in uh, San Francisco uh, because he was a compulsive masturbator. Whenever he'd get high anxiety, he'd have to jerk off. And um, and what a great show that could even like come up with something. I like know, that. I, I know. Mean, Kurt Sutter is amazing. Well, I want to hear your interview with him. Well, it's phenomenal. Ten. Hey, I am talking with Michael Ornstein, who plays Chucky on my favorite show on television, FX's The Sons of Anarchy. Um, and uh, he's also a, a neighbor, uh, lives in my canyon, uh, and his uh, beautiful daughter goes to school with my daughter. And uh, uh, Michael, how are you, man? I'm pretty good, brother. How are you doing? I'm uh, fantastic. It's so hilarious how uh, we met. Maybe you don't know the whole story. Lana and I were writing our sitcom, and uh, we were writing a crazy part of our sitcom, and you came in and had coffee. I invited you for coffee, and uh, we asked you what you did, and you said that you played a, uh, uh, you're an actor, and we were going, oh, yeah, on what? And you go, I show up called Sons of Anarchy, and you described your character as a, a, a total wackadoo who who whacks off and is totally insane. Yeah, a compulsive masturbator, <laughs> and the uh, the guy who told us that they would never buy our crazy characters was just stunned and had nothing to say anymore. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, exactly. So you you came in an amazingly fortuitous time in our lives, and it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and that's when I recognized you. I was I'm like, oh my god, that's Chucky, that's Chucky, that's Chucky. <laughs> Uh, I I loved it, man. Uh, you know, the first season, you were only in a couple of episodes. I was only in that one episode, man. Yeah. And, and they threw me in the car, and that was it. Yeah. And actually, when they threw me in the car at the end of that episode, I thought, I, I thought like, screw it, man. I'm just going to do this thing. I looked at the other. They threw me in the right-hand side door. I looked at the left-hand side door, and I said, fuck it. And I, I, I ran out the door. Yeah. And I started running away. And I thought, like, oh, man, that's exactly who this guy is, man. He was totally uncontainable. And I ran out the door, but they didn't keep it in. So they just basically, <laughs> I thought that was it. You know, I thought he was yeah. going to die. And then they brought me back in season two. Yeah. What's it like to work with these icons? I mean, you, you, you're working with some hell of great actors, man. Yeah, man. I mean, everybody in the cast is just unbelievably Unbelievable. good, man. And deep and, you know, surprising. And, and just like, you know, it's like what it's, what it's really like, man, it's real. It's like I have my life with, you know, uh, you know, my family and my world and this and that. And then I got the world of SOA that, you, you know, I just drift into. And when I drift into it, as soon as I hit the set, I get there like an hour early just to like kind of get into there. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm there. And once I'm there, uh, dealing with the crew, dealing with the caterers, dealing with the makeup department, dealing with the other actors. It's all like, you know, you kind of enter the world. And I believe it. Because yeah. they're like, you know, I believe the whole world. And then you drift into a scene, and you drift into here, you drift into there, you go have lunch, you go do this. You know, and it's all kind of real, which is pretty amazing, man. Yeah. It's a credit to the show and a credit to everybody working on it. When you deal with the loss of a character after you've been together for as long as y'all have been together, 
is there a sense of uh, loss yourself? Like I was saying, when you're in that world, man, and you, you know, you, somebody's not around anymore, you feel it. You feel it deep, man, and it, it resonates. Everybody resonates. Everything that happens, it really, really resonates because it's on a level of, you know, you agree. When you go into a world like that, you agree upon the stakes of that world, right? Right. You know, and, you know, so the stakes of that world is like the same stakes of a, a military world or any, uh, you know, place where the stakes are high enough that somebody might, you might lose somebody. Well, even in life, man, you know, you lose people in yeah. life and you feel it. So this is as real as life, I would say, but the stakes are very high, vicious. It's a vicious world, this charming, you know. Yeah. You know, and you all agree upon it to be as vicious as it is. And it is. Wow. You, and you feel it, man. You know, yeah. and it informs you. Like it informs you in going forward in, in how, you know, in how difficult the world is. Have you received any email from like uh, uh, amputees and guys who've had their hands blown off? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot. A yeah. lot of that, yes. Positive, negative. Positive. You know, very positive. Because yeah. the thing is, like, when that happened, when that happened to me, right? I played a right. character who had fingers just recently lost yeah. all of his fingers, man, except right. for two, and not even the thumbs. Right. You know, so it's like the first thing I I try, and you know, that's you know a big deal in somebody's life, right. man. So right. I try to take it serious. The first thing that I started doing is trying to do every fucking thing I could possibly do. Open a water bottle. Opening a water bottle took. Two months, man, to figure out how to open a water bottle, man. Yeah. So the smallest thing that a human being has to do takes, you cannot do it. Right. You got to start from scratch. So my whole life really became about learning how to do the simplest things, man. You yeah. know what I mean? And, that, and that's the thing. So a lot of people who have experienced that do communicate with me about that and say, wow, that's man. That's so cool, man. Yeah, yeah it is cool. You know, not making light of it, and and actually doing the work. You know, that to, to to you know empathize with those guys. Yeah, to really lay it out there, and yeah. like you're saying, to really take it serious. You yeah. know, I mean, that's the thing on the show, man. It's like, you know, I could have uh, with the masturbation thing, you know, or with the ticks, or yeah, with well, any of this stuff. Yeah, there's guys who really really suffer from those shit. Oh yeah, man. I mean, there are people with Tourette's. There, you know, and yeah. it's a complicated thing, man. I mean, like, you know, diseases like that, you know, like problems like that. They're they're fucking serious things, man. Yeah. On one level, you know, it it's uh it's humorous on one level but that level right. like kind of you know dissipates when you look beyond it and you see holy shit man you know these people got something going on here like i was saying like you know one tick gets stepped on and another tick grows up yeah it's like that that uh that game like yeah, whack-a-mole whack-a-mole man you know so it's like it's a bit it's a big fucking deal so when you're surviving with something like that every day day to day to day to day you know, you got to go through some shit. You got to really yeah. learn how to live. And on top of that, man, he's got the thing with the with his fingers. You know, with the hands. You know, everybody who looks at him got to see that. First yeah. thing they got to see is that. We had, you know, the unfortunate thing this year with a half sack uh, uh, that was just uh, bizarro, crazy. You know, the the poor kid. He he went nuts. You know, he first of all he wanted to be killed off of the show. Yeah. You know, according to uh, what Kurt said, he he asked to be 
killed off of the show. He was a loved character, and he developed a huge storyline. And and then and then he you know, within a couple of years he's mixed up with drugs. He's he's uh, just uh, just gone crazy. And then he has the unfortunate thing of of I mean. He he killed his landlady or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was just horrible. And then, and then kills himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just. I mean, and you can better speak to this. I mean, the the was the kid was a nice kid supposedly on the set. He was a real sweet guy, man. You know, and just and uh, then he just snapped. Yeah, right? Ralph, just like you, just like you describe. I mean, I couldn't describe it any better than than you just did. It's very sad, man. It's just horrible. I mean, yeah, it's it's it is. The whole thing, man, is very sad, and the way you described it is really beautiful, actually, because he, you know, that character that that Kurt wrote and the writers wrote for him was really beautiful and really important, and people yeah. did love him, you know. And I've seen it a hundred times as a comedian. You know, people yeah. sometimes are waiting on a bus they hope never comes, mm-hmm. and when it when it does come, you know, they they just get they get caught up in the drama and they think that. You know, something happens and they sabotage their own success. Yeah. And and it's it's such a shame, but it happens all the time it's in Hollywood. You know, it's just a huge magnifying glass, but it happens all around. You know, there's a guy who, who could, if he showed up on time, he could get that promotion at a factory, you know, or it could be a bus company or, you know, a, 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 a tow job, you know, a, a towing yeah. truck job, you know, anything, you know, it just... In, Show business, it's magnified because so many more people are looking at you. And and this show is no ex- you know, example. You know, it's just a primary example. But, but I mean, the kid just goes. You know, he gets caught up in drugs, and people don't understand that when you're caught up in drugs, that stuff fundamentally changes your brain. Yeah. And it can take a sweetheart of a kid, and and it destroys your brain. It changes your brain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, cocaine and heroin, they they destroy your brain. It change it. And that kid was changed, man. Yeah, man. Especially if you got if you got some, uh, you know, some fear, you know, yeah. to begin with, and yeah. then and then you got that shit fueling that paranoia. it. Paranoia. You know? I mean, I you know I know a lot about like self sabotage. Yeah. Man. You know, coming up. I mean, I, I threw a whole lot of shit away myself. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and um, you know, it's like. You know, maybe, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe if shit came to me at a very, very young age. Yeah. You know, because I started working when I was like 17, you know. Right. And um, 18, you know. So, I mean, if shit came to me at a very young age, man, I don't know where what would have happened to me. And I think yeah. there was something in my head that was kind of protective of that, going like, okay, man, let's put push this off. I always said to myself, right. man, if anything, you know, really shakes, let it wait till I'm 45, like Humphrey Bogart. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'll be kind of ready for it. And it gave me, like, all this time to just, like, kind of work with my buddies and do my own shit. Right. And, you know, exist in a place that, like you said, like, you know, you're, thro- you're pushed out. You know, you're out there. And, you know, you never know, man. And sometimes, you know, you just, you know, kind of don't want that. You know that it's going to kind of kind of be a bad ending. You yeah. know, a bad scene. You know, yeah. um, I want to talk about this. You, you're a painter. And an artist, and and you have uh, a great um, art showing right now in San Francisco. You have, and um, and your stuff is is wonderful because in your art you show your imperfections. 
in, in, in your translated, and, and it's perfect because it's not perfect. You know, the, the, um, the Sioux Indians always say the only thing perfect is made by God and that the true artist uh, shows an imperfection on purpose. Yeah. Well, who, uh, there's there's a, uh, maybe Egyptian or Turkish, uh, they make rugs. And you know what they do, man? They put one stitch, they fuck up one stitch. Yeah. You know, because they feel like, man, nothing can be perfect, just like yeah. you said. And they go ahead, and even though that's the case and they believe that's the case, they go ahead and even make it, point even further by making a fucked up stitch one right. stitch one stitch on purpose yeah like people this guy wants uh i was living up in uh massachusetts way out in massachusetts and this painter came over into my studio he looked at my paintings and he said man your paintings are dirty you know and i thought like yeah they are you, yeah you got it and just what you said exactly man exactly all right guys uh, michael's gonna paint something for us michael thank you so much uh, for having us in your house and uh, i can't and uh, i can't wait to see what you do awesome man Ten. that was great thank you thank you yeah. it was my first one that i've done for this podcast was it yeah your first yeah, interview you, well you've you, been there for other ones like the porn yeah, stars and stuff yeah but it's the first one that i did solo well you had to because i haven't really been seeing the show i mean i can talk to michael about the kids and boot camp and <laughs> yeah. and then school but it's uh, so cool that you know you such the, a neat life right to yeah. know somebody on a personal level that's actually like famous we have tons of friends like that that it's have cool TV right shows. it's just a weird life I know. Yeah. I, it's so strange that our friends are on TV shows. and We don't have time to watch them. I feel so bad because I love them so much. But I, I've, I'm, I'm trying. You know, the thing is, is once I commit to a show, then I, you got to watch it. Like, And then you're hooked. And then I just don't know where I'm going to find that extra time right now. But I, I, I really, I love Sons them. Sons get you that way, too. I know. It will hook me. And then I have to watch it. But, um, but I love Michael's paintings. And I'm so excited that we have one in our house right now that we're going to be able to share with um with one of our awesome listeners um what you guys need to do is go on the website so you can see the painting um perfect 10 pod.com it's perfect and then one zero pod.com and you can check out the painting and then you got to sign up for the twitter and on the facebook and we're gonna tweet out or and facebook some questions and it'll relate to the episode that you just listen to, and you answer those questions, and you can win this beautiful painting and have it in your home. Yeah. How cool is that? It's an original, and it is worth I mean, he is an accomplished artist that is in galleries. Right. And, he, uh, where's his show? How, and there's a website for that, too. It's at the Beat Museum in San Francisco. Right, and he's selling paintings there, so if you don't win it, you can go in there and buy one, which yeah. they're beautiful. They really are. He's really amazing. It, it is It is a, truly a work of art, and it's on a transparent paper. It can be backlit. And uh, or put up against a, a window, and uh, the art comes to life in a different way. That's so cool. He's so awesome. It really is. It's really cool. We feature so many great, awesome artists on our show, and you're an awesome artist. You're not going to be performing for a couple of weeks. I know. Um, I'm doing FedRx. Yep. You're going to be in Nashville getting healthy, and I'm so proud of you. But while you're in Nashville, you're going to be doing a couple of dates. I'm going to be joining you. It's going to be December 20th through the 23rd. Every uh -huh. night, we're going to be doing shows at Zany's in Nashville. Yep. So if you're in the area, come check us out. And then the following week for New Year's, we'll be in Phoenix through the 27th through the 31st. So New Year's Eve, if you're looking for something to do and you're in the Phoenix area, come to Stand Up Live. It will be a badass, 
badass show. That's yeah. the theme of this show. Badass. Badass. So, um, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know. And we have a great band, as always. As always. Live from the Mercy Lounge. In beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. The CN Cake.
Thank you, thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. Hit a Facebook and Twitter and tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. 